I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. All right. Well, hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Pop Podcast. Happy Monday, and I am back with another very special guest all along the lines of entrepreneurship, and I actually listened to her on my friend Sadie's podcast, so shout out Sadie, and I thought she was in a really interesting vertical because I had never heard of someone starting a business to help teens become entrepreneurs and nonprofit and all that type of stuff. So Sarah Hernholm, am I pronouncing that right? You are. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. She is the CEO of WIT. Say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm super excited. And I know WIT stands for whatever it takes, which in an entrepreneurial world, you got to do everything it literally takes to be successful. So to give a little bit of background before I ask my first question, I know you were in the media world, so TV, and then went into education. What prompted that switch from such a, they're two completely different worlds? So TV and film was the passion, was the heart of what I wanted to uh, do and have wanted to do since I was younger. And uh, I was a theater major in college and loved the idea of just being involved in television and film. So that was definitely uh, why I I pursued that. Uh, It was just kind of seeing a dream come true. I worked in, I went to school in LA for college and then just decided to to take on that journey. And so I learned a lot during that time. That's a big, it's a, you can learn a lot working on a movie set and working on a TV show. But then uh, I really, we don't, we can dive into it if we want to. That's a kind of a, it can, it's, like a it's a whole podcast in itself, the film industry and what happens there, especially back in the day when I was working in it. And it just wasn't the healthiest choice for me anymore to be in that space. And so I made a big move and ended up in San Francisco out of Los Angeles and then needed a job because <laughs> I had kind of just like moved completely out of this world that I had been so used to living in. And um, I just decided to be as like a part-time teacher, which was kind of like such a crazy choice. And I did it and I fell in love with it. And then that ended up making the choice to then go back to school full time to get my teaching credential. And then I became a teacher. So it's kind of a, a just to anybody listening or, you know, the, the life is lots of twists and turns, lots of twists and turns in my life and in my careers. But it all makes it continues to make sense as the more I go along. Yeah, I love in Sadie's podcast where you said life is a journey. And that's something that I have to remind myself of often and that it's not linear because I'm someone that has a step A, B, C mindset sometimes. Like if I do this, then it's this. And as I've gotten older, I've just recognized that that's totally not what it is. Like you could be doing one thing one day and the next day life could give you a totally different turn. So you went from being a teacher to founding WIT. Where did that passion, were you someone that has always loved kids and just had a passion for helping kids? Or was it through teaching that you really saw a gap in the market and that's where the idea was founded from? 
So I, I just want to be really like clear about this because I think maybe it can help people because it'd be great if my story was, oh, I decided to make another career decision. And so, I, you know, it just was such a, an easy move and an easy thing. And it wasn't. I had been a, a teacher and fallen in love with teaching and I loved it so much. Uh, but I was laid off every year due to budget cuts. And it's a very, if you've gone through any type of layoff in your life, you know, it's really challenging. It's a very doesn't feel good to the heart, to the soul. It's it's a very hard thing to navigate. And it happened to me like four years in a row. And that was just, just, just painful as a teacher because I loved my job so much, but I was at the mercy of a broken system. And the fourth time it happened, I just was like, I was like being in a bad relationship. Like, you know, you keep going back to the guy who like is not good for you. He yeah. keeps breaking up with you and you're just like making these not good. So I just decided okay, what would it look like to take the power back and take my control back? And what would it look like for me to live a life of my own design? And what would I do? And so I, was, I just decided to take the things that I had learned in the classroom and try out this idea that I had. Did I have it mapped out? No. Did I have a business plan? No. I had a vision board of magazine cutouts and I think I still have that. I'm Today, I've been moving and from this my old house and I'm seeing all these old things from that time in my life. And it's, you know, it, it wasn't a business plan. It was a thing on my heart, idea on my heart, and then a vision board. And here we are over a decade later. <laughs> we love a vision board. I know I feel like now in t- 2020 and with social media, it's huge. You see girls do like vision board parties. And I've never... I've been someone that as I've gotten older, I started to journal and like write things out because I think it's super important to get clear. So give the audience a little bit of background on exactly what wit is. What was your passion and what were you trying to solve when you saw a gap in the education system? So just for con- for some clarity context, wit has evolved. I've been doing this work for over 10 years. So it started as a television show concept because I was going to go back to my roots. And then it became an after-school program uh, for elementary school kids. And then it morphed into including high school kids. And then it became just high school. And then it was just high schoolers in San Diego, Austin, and New York City. And now it's high schoolers all over the world. So a lot of... A lot of uh, pivots, a lot of iterations. The thing that has stayed the same is that we are just committed to giving young people spaces and places and platforms where they can use their voice and make a difference. And we just happen to use entrepreneurship as the vehicle to do that. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen working with young adults in their teens. I think it's a very transformational period of their life where they're starting to form habits and form opinions and really grow into who they are. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen with working with them day in and day out? Biggest challenge that our young entrepreneurs, one of the biggest challenges our young entrepreneurs experience, especially our young girls, is the lack of support from other teen girls. Uh, the, The jealousy that, you know, morphs into, you know, they're not emotionally intelligent to act intelligent enough to just say that they're jealous and then ask their friend, like, how did you do that? I want to do that too. Instead, it's like it manifests itself into catty comments on social media or uh, backhanded 
comments down the hallway and it blows my mind every time I hear about it. But uh, yeah, the, their, their biggest challenge is navigating being in a high, sc- a high school, running a business and actually having haters at their school or in their friend group. What are, give examples of some of the businesses that you've seen these young individuals. I'm super curious on, are they online mm-hmm. businesses or give some examples for people out there listening? Okay. So just like there's a variety of entrepreneurs yeah. when we come to being as adult entrepreneurs, we have, we've got students that are, have a jewelry company. We have students that have art programs for after school for young people whose arts programs have been canceled. Uh, we've got podcasts that have been launched. We have apps that have been developed. Uh, we've got clothing uh, lines that have been designed. So it's just like all of us adults who have different dreams and different gifts and different passions. So do teenagers. And they just need a place and a space to explore those, those things that they're curious about and explore those talents that they have or interests that they have. And WIT provides them that space to do that. So cool. It's so interesting because I think that education is super important, but this is something that I talk with my mentor a lot about is that this podcast and posting, podcasting in general has been the space that I've learned more about real life skills that I wish I would have been taught when I was in high school and I was in college. And I always want to be a resource for younger people because I think. Once you get into the real world, there's a lot of things that you're just literally not taught. And so you're just trying to figure it out. And now that we have podcasting and social media, it's easy to have those resources. So I think it's so cool that you're giving people a platform and these young kids to a, be creative. Like, hey, what are you super interested in? And teach them real life skills that even if they don't want to go into accounting or they don't want to be a doctor, they can still do something that's beyond what the school teach- the school system teaches you to do. For sure. And our big thing is the application of skills in real world settings. So if you're learning math, then apply it to creating a budget or, you know, to creating your the expenses that you have as a business. I mean, young people, we all want to know when we were in school, like, why do we have to learn this? Like, what is the point of this? And at WIT, we say there's, in- there's an intention behind everything that we do, that it will help you in your life. So, and I'm, this just came to mind, like yesterday, I taught a kid how to BCC someone on an email. Just, he's like, my email doesn't do that. And I said, it does. You just have to add it through a dropdown. Like it just had CC yeah. on it. And it was just, and then he had never made a calendar invite. And I said, you've got to do all that stuff. Those are the things that you're going to do in business. You're going to send calendar invites. You're going to... Send it. And so it was just fun to see that even on such a simple... What you might think of and I might think of as very simple skills, they don't have any access to that. Any and But that's a, like we have our entire program, our community, virtual community is on Slack. And that's because that's, what's, that's a platform that's used in the workforce. So why are we going to use some like dumbed down something or other for kids when that's not going to prepare them for the workforce, which is to be using these kind of platforms. So we really just... Entrepreneurship is the vehicle with which we help them develop their emotional intelligence and help them have access to real-world experiences. 
touch a little bit more on emotional intelligence because I can go on a high horse about this because I again I think it's just and again there's nothing wrong with the education system so if someone's out there listening like you're dogging it I think it teaches you a lot about yourself it's social all of that but when you get into the real world you see sometimes the lack of a self-awareness and just like emotional intelligence which I think is so much greater than some of the knowledge that you learn in school well that's I think EQ is more important than IQ that's just how I feel and I will say it, the education system is 100% broken and it's not built to support kids. It's built to support adults and it's built to support systems and businesses that profit off of young people. It does not support young people full stop. Now, <laughs> in terms of emotional intelligence, I feel that because the system is broken, we need to come in and help them develop the part of themselves that we know will be necessary for their success in life, not only in their workforce, but just in personal relationships, relationships with oneself. And so we, again, we use entrepreneurship to do that because entrepreneurship is just a wonderful way for a young person or even an adult to develop things like self-awareness, empathy, social skills, all these components to emotional intelligence. And it's just, it, to me, it's just so in alignment. It just makes so much sense. And, and it's the foundation of our program is something called the 11 Tips for Doing Wit. And those tips are if you live those things and you design your life by them, you will develop your emotional intelligence. Will you say what the 11 are? I'm curious. So uh, yeah, I should know them by heart because I wrote them, uh, but I'll give you some examples. Yeah, you don't okay? have to do all of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like, okay. So one of them, okay, I'm going to think of something that comes to mind. So one of them is living in alignment. Okay. And living in alignment means, and how we teach it is that when your actions and your words line up, there's a flow to your life. And that means when you say that, say that you're going to do something, you do something. And that is a way of like developing your own self-awareness. Like when you think about how often you might feel more inclined to keep your word because you for somebody else, but how many times you break your word to yourself. Tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll work out. Tomorrow I'll drink more water, but then you don't. And so then you don't doesn't feel good. Breaking your word to yourself on any level doesn't feel good. And so we teach our young people like if you say that you're going to do something, if you say that you're going to send an email, you say you're going to spend 20 minutes a day working on your business then live in alignment and do that. And then see how that even feels in your body. It feels really good uh, because now you're not just... Or for example, if you don't want to be a person who is... like This comes to the development of social skills that says something to one group of friends, but then says another thing to another group of friends. And you got to keep track of what you said and who you said it to. And if they're going to find out, like that's stress. That's stressful. That's not in alignment. That's not in flow. So we really want to teach them how to live in a flow. And you have, and we are really big on teaching young people how much power they have because they're at an age where they actually think that they don't have a lot of power and that everyone's telling them what to do. And we remind them they have so much. So another one of our wit tips is it's a choice. And then we remind them how many choices they have every day, what you post, what you like, what you, what comes out of your mouth, what kind of content you consume, what kind of food you consume, what kind of... Um, action you take in regards to your business and to your health. like We just put them back in the driver's seat of their life um, by giving them these tips, reminding them it's a choice. Um, 
We also have, you know, live in alignment. Another one is make an impression. Again, this comes to the aspect of emotional intelligence, which is social skills. We talk about how you make an impression. People remember how you made them feel, not necessarily what you said. And so what are you, how are you making people feel? And we have different call to actions every day on our Slack channel for them to do something which will develop their emotional intelligence. Of course, because they're teenagers, we don't say, here's your tip for how to develop your EQ today, because that's lame. So you have to disguise things. And we do them through like daily action steps. And one of them yesterday or sometime this week was around gratitude. We're really big on about gratitude. We have an entire Slack channel dedicated to posting your gratitude. And one of our action steps this week was reach out to somebody who has helped you in your life or your business and just say thank you. Nurture those relationships, not because you need something from them or you're trying to get something from them, but because you're taking action to give and to be grateful when and expecting nothing in return. So this is how we do, we develop the emotional intelligence. Those are just a few examples. Yeah. It's interesting. And I'm just curious when you are working with these children, is this, I have a lot of parents that listen to this. So I'm sure there's tips that you're saying that they could use with their own kids. Are you working alongside of the parents or how does that work when you're, does that make sense? Like, obviously they're going to school. So like, I don't know how granular you want to get here, but are you working with these kids outside of school hours? And then are you collaborating with their parents on follow-up or kind of how does that work from a, a business model standpoint? Sure. So we, we have three different ways that you can quote, do it. That's our motto. Just do it, doing it. That's how we talk. So there's different ways that you can do it. One is through classes that we provide, college credit classes. If you're in a college credit course, then you're attending a virtual class once a week. And the facilitator for that class is sending a weekly email home to the parents, just giving them an update and giving them... There's literally a section of the email that says, uh, things to ask your teen. So like conversation starters for the parents about the business and about the entrepreneurial experience. So that's how we connect with parents in that capacity with our classes. When it comes to something that we have called WIT Community, which is think of it like a lot of entrepreneurs can join things like YPO or EO or I don't know, Rotary or something like that. Like this is our virtual community for like minded teen entrepreneurs. And there isn't a lot of parent involvement there because the teens are really more intrinsically motivated to be engaged. They're attending weekly hangouts. They're doing things like that. But we don't really have a touch point with the parents on the progress of the kid because it's more like you're showing up to a meeting once a week and then you're getting some tips and tricks and you're going back and working on your business, but no one's holding your hand and like helping you develop your business uh, it's more just you are being part of a community, if that makes sense. I should probably learn how to explain that a little bit yeah, better. No, that makes sense. Uh, and then the other option is the different events that we have, like hackathons and pitch competitions and things like that. Again, those are things where people would sign up for it to participate. So there's not a lot of parental involvement in that either. Where there's a higher touch point with a parent is, is something that I do, which is one-on-one coaching. So I take on a handful of teens uh, and I will coach them for a, a three-month period and develop, go a deep dive on their personal development and on their business development. 
And in that capacity, I do a lot of touch points with the parents because we line up the parent goals with the teen goal with the future, you know, life goals that they might have that they might be focusing on. So that's a lot more parental involvement. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's just a it's such a new resource. I mean, it's something that I've never heard of and it's probably why you're doing so well just because it is a it is a niche market and I'm just thinking through of like in high school there's, you know, parents are very much in control of their kids. So it's like, I didn't know if you ran into that challenge personally of like dealing with parents who are like, my kid's not doing this or my kid's not, you know, I can just hear that from where I grew up of like. Sure. So we get ahead of that with language like uh, the more you are hands off, the better. So we give them permission. We word it a little bit differently, but we're basically telling the parents that we know it's an honor to work with their child. It's a privilege to work with yeah. their child and that we understand that they're trusting us with their child's, you know, their, their dreams and their, uh, and their time. And, uh, but if they come in and they helicopter and they try to manage the kid's business or they try to get their kid to do something else, they're going to miss uh, the opportunity for their child to really develop some important skills they can't learn at school. So for example, at WIT, we're really big on failure. We're really big on uh, letting the child fail and then figure out how they're going to get back up because they need to develop resilience and they need to develop fortitude and they need to develop grit. And there's no other place in their life where they can do that. They can kind of do that in team sports, yeah. um, but it's not something that you really develop at school uh, because failure at school is not an opportunity for growth. It's you get penalized and it's not healthy how that, how that's taught at school. So we don't penalize that. We actually talk about what, you, how you fail each week. And that's like, if you don't, if you don't bring something to the table for that conversation to be celebrated at wit, then that's actually failure. <laughs> so we're more like, tell us how you took a risk. Tell us how you tried something with your business. Tell us how you stepped outside your comfort zone and did like you fall on your face or like what happened. And I tell them my experiences, our facilitators talk about their experiences. So when we word it with the parents of like, we are going to help them develop a muscle that they have not been able to develop in other areas of their life that they need in order to be successful in the world. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe I'll step back. <laughs> maybe, I, yeah. maybe I don't have to like make this a, you know, like a pillow soft landing for my child. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit on the failure you have a unique perspective that aligns with mine on the victim mentality, which I think is huge. And I see it a lot in the corporate space and just in life in general, that life is happening to me and why me and I can't do this and I can't do this. And so I want you to touch a little bit on how you guide teens and yourself personally, that life is happening for you and it's your choice on your mindset and your outlook on life? So that's just a very big thing for me. Again, I think it's very important that it's interesting at WIT because at WIT, and some adults can work at WIT and some adults can't. I'm just like, be very blunt because we don't, we don't, our adults have to make the commitment to live WIT just as much as the kids have to make, to live WIT. So it's really like a life, one of our teens coined it as like WIT is a lifestyle. And so what that means for us is that 
being part of wit and choosing to live wit means that you're making a conscious decision that you are the victor in your life and not the victim, that you are a solution-oriented person, not a problem-focused person, that you understand that life is happening for you and not to you, and that you hunt for the silver linings. You hunt, even you know, because they're out there even during the darkest times. And we believe that living in this way and choosing to live in this way brings you into your power and you are not always seeking outside validation and approval. And that's, you know, we don't want people seeking out seeking so much outside themselves, any great story of time, you know, in the history of time. I mean, let's just take wizard of Oz. What happened in the end all along, she had it all along. It was within her. That's all she had to realize. I mean, a lot of heroes' journeys. If you if you read The Alchemist, like a lot of these stories are just like, oh my gosh, we go on these like big journeys, and we look outside of ourselves, and all along, it was within us. Yeah. So we're trying to teach our young people: the more you can tune in to you, then and understand who you are, then it's gonna be. It's and then also just to be very blunt. I mean, who the hell wants to walk through this world? thinking that everything happening to them. That just sounds miserable and just sounds like you're always at the mercy of other people and they are responsible for your, for your feelings and your emotions. And that's just like, I'm so not into that, into that. (laughs) Not my jam. Was there a point in your life where this mindset was triggered? Was there a specific point that you recognize or were you always just a child and a person that had this silver lining mindset? No, I used to act like I was a victim. That's how I know. That's how I know. That's how I know it. That I, I can speak to both experiences. The only reason I was ever able to give that, I gave a TEDx talk on this topic, like everything's happening for you, not to you. And the only reason I was able to give that talk is because I've lived both sides of the coin. I walked in the world thinking that things were happening to me. I walked thinking that it was his fault, that it was her fault, that it was my parents' fault, that it was my boss's fault, that it was like, oh, the circumstances, oh, all these different things. And it's like a very, um, to me, a very like low vibrational way to live. And I got the, I saw the results of living like that and they weren't exactly what I wanted and then I just started to, to, to consider another way. I think I don't even know. It's not like a, a one day I just like woke up and decided, but I do know the feeling. And I'm telling everybody, I have to make this choice on a daily basis. I'm making the choice right now during this podcast when I'm realizing that I guess my neighbors have decided to like start sawing something and I'm <laughs> hearing it and I'm thinking, how is this happening for me? This is the most annoying thing ever. And I want to go like rage at them afterwards. But like, I will figure out what the silver lining is in this moment because it's so annoying to me. (laughs) So it's like, you just, everything is like, okay. I mean, you know this because I messaged you before I got on this podcast. I'm moving today. I am like, I have movers and organizers at another place of mine. And I left there to come here for this. And at first I was like, I should, I need to cancel. This is like too overwhelming. This is too much. But see, I've trained myself to like learn how like, first of all, there's a ripple effect of that, right? Me, that's inconsiderate to cancel on somebody last minute. People have done it to me and it's very annoying because there's a lot of prep that goes on behind the scenes for things. And then the other thing was, I really said to myself in the car as I was racing up here, 
what if this is happening for me versus to me? And here's where I actually think that that's true. I feel like the, you gave me a gift today to show up for this because I got to leave a very like kind of chaotic situation that would have been, I'd want to micromanage, even though I've hired people to handle it. And I literally had to leave. Like I couldn't stay there because I made a commitment to you. So I'm like, maybe this is like a gift, a total gift. Like I don't have to be in the mayhem of everything. So versus, and so now my energy on the podcast is more happy and positive because I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a total gift. I don't have to deal with that crap down there. <laughs> versus I could be in this conversation with you and feel stressed and then bring my stress and be like, let's wrap this thing up. I got things to do. I've got to get back down there. So it's all a choice all day long. All day long, you have the choice. Is it happening to me or for me? I know I went off on a tangent there, but I I, that makes sense. it's important. And you said it bluntly, and this is, I've said it along similar lines of it is a choice. And I think a lot of people think that it's hard, but in my opinion, living the rest of my life in misery to me sounds a lot harder than just waking up and choosing it. And I always like to remind people that. It, it's not every day that you're in a great mood. Like people always look at me and inspire the producers, but like you're always coming here in a great mood. But I know there's times that he's seen me where I'm stressed or like I'm overwhelmed. It's just part of life. I just think it's how you handle it. It's your reaction to it. And I think you're on to something with starting this in a teenage years because I think they're more open to it because they don't know what they don't know versus I feel like as an adult, you're suffering a lot more and it's impacting a lot more of your relationship especially if you're married or if you have kids. So I just think it's important to teach at a younger age before they get into the life and like they're really going through it. Well, you know, what's so interesting is like they think they're going through it, right? That's what I've learned. I was like that, right? Like (laughs) that's it. They're in the real world. I remember when I was, when I, I'm like, let's go five years ago when I was working with a group of kids and one kid said, it's so annoying when adults say, once you're in the real world, they're like, I'm in the real world. This is the real world. And I was like, fair enough. That's totally how I was as a teen. I'd be like so annoyed because it'd feel like it was littling the, the stress and the problems. So their stuff is real, which means they need real solutions. Yeah. So we're providing a real solution. And you know where they, where they have the biggest pain is that how can they ever think that getting rejected from the school of their dream is something that's happening for them and not to them. And we get to work with them and say, Oh, you have no idea. Like the rejection is just redirection. And it's just, I, you are, that's not where you're meant to be. And this is happening for you. And how would you, how would you hold your body? How would you, what would your voice sound like? What would your day look like if you just decided that this was happening for you and that you could not, you have no idea, you know, what this all means right now or what the school, you know, what the right school is for you. But this quote unquote rejection is just pushing you closer and closer to where you're meant to be. And which one feels better on your heart and on your body? Like you have, that's what I was ask people, like, I don't know, like whatever, like live how you want to live, but which one feels better on your body when you say, everything's happening to you versus everything's happening for you. Like even like, just like let it land. And like, how do you, and then there's people though, it doesn't matter y'all. Like there are people that love being a victim. They love it. So just know that like you're going to be able to, 
they're people, mostly adults that just love it. Yeah. Which there's some that, yeah, there's just some that you, I always kind of say like, you can only control like your reaction to stuff. So even if there's people that choose, I mean, I have old friends that would always ask me for fitness advice and they would never, ever take it. And all that they would do is complain about being overweight or complain about this. And I remember one time I just called my mom. Mom's like, Aaron, stop trying to fix someone that doesn't want to be fixed. Like stop trying to help someone that is, it's their choice. Like she's choosing to do what she's doing and you just can't, you just have to let it go. And it was one of those eye-opening moments with my mom where I'm like, you're so right. And I know moms are always right. But I was just like, wow, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And since then, I've been like, I can give you the resources, but I can't make those choices for you. Like, I can't do the actions. I can tell you what to do. But if you're not going to take the next step, I can't do that for you. And at the end of the day, it's like you can't change people. But what's the biggest thing that entrepreneurship and founding wit has taught you about yourself, both personally and professionally? Okay. Before I answer that, can I tag on to what you just said? Yeah. Because I think you might like this, that one of our wit tips is can't want it more than you. Yeah. And we tell our young people, I, I know what I want for you. I want you to be in Forbes. I want you to do this. I want all these things for you, but I can't want it more than you want it. Yeah. It's not so hard. my job, and I tell the parents that like, we can't want it more than your child wants it. If we can give them exactly what they need to do, I can tell them exactly the steps they have to take. They have to take the, they get to take the action on it. And I can't want it more than them. And see, the teens don't like these things get embedded into our kids, like these steps. And they'll be there. I mean, we've been a lot around long enough, but now we have kids in their 20s, right? And they're like, oh my God, Miss H, like your voice is in my head. Like, I want it more than you. Like, <laughs> did it? I'm like, yeah, it's, but it's such power. It's so much power, right? No one can want it more than you do. And, so get, get into it, like make, you know, and, and start taking action. So I just wanted to share that. Cause I feel like that is very much in alignment with you. Um, yeah, wait, before you end, it's funny because I yeah. had a Olympic, uh, he is a coach for OU and this is like a little bit of a side tangent, but he recruits cause he's a head coach for wrestling at Oklahoma. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, I will have kids that come in here, but he's like, one of the things I look for is like, how bad do you want it? Like, you can tell the kids that want it and then the kids that their parents want it for him. And he's like, I'll take someone that's a little bit less talented, but is a lot coachable and wants it more than someone who's super talented, but doesn't want it. Cause he's like, I'm going to give them 12 months and they usually fall off. So I just find it so interesting because there's D one coaches that are saying the exact same thing. Like, if you don't want this, I can't, it can't make you the next NCA star. Like it's just not going to work. So, but now you can answer the question. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to that point though, it's like every people are like, people say, like, oh, I want to be in Forbes. I'm like, who doesn't like, okay. Like who doesn't want to be in Forbes about, you know, about their business or who doesn't want to be on yeah. TV or who doesn't, I mean, yeah. But then I always tell them, what are you doing today? That makes you worthy of that recognition. Like it's, of course we all want all these things. That's easy, but what are you willing to do to get them? I'm not like, I'm not handing anybody anything. I don't, I'll do a hand up. I won't do a handout. Yeah. Um, Okay. The question was entrepreneurship. What was was the, the, yeah, no, I can repeat it. It was what has entrepreneurship and founding with, what has it taught you about yourself both personally and professionally? That, I mean, I'm living my dream. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's so I've, uh, that if you are willing to put in the time like to create something from nothing is 
is kind of a big deal. I forget that a lot. I really do. I mean, I, I just because those of us that are in it, I'm sure you're the same. Like, you know, like you sit down every day and you're like, wow, because we're always probably thinking, I'll speak for myself, everything that still has to get done or yeah. all these other dreams that we have. But I do teach our young people how to pause and celebrate their successes and their progress. So I, I, I do like to practice what I preach. I mean, it's pretty cool to think that I just had made a vision board 12 years ago and, you know, I'm doing that work now. I didn't go to business school. I was a theater major. Didn't even want to go to college. I mean, it's just like, it's, I'm not your typical, like, maybe I don't even know what that means anymore because entrepreneurship is like so popular now. It wasn't when I was like starting my business and everything, but I think I've, I know I've learned it's so important for me to do work that lights me up. It really is. I like to feel purposeful. I like to solve problems. I mean, I live wit in my life. There's, I'm dealing with a issue in my neighborhood, uh, a community issue, and I'm, I took charge on it. And I've created the group that's working towards it. And it all just happened very naturally and normally for me. And I thought, oh my God, I'm like, it's, I, I just live so in alignment. Like the things that I teach the young people to do, I do in my own life. So um, I've, I'm also, I think, more resilient than I thought I was. So that's good. I've learned a lot about my, my fortitude and my own grit. I'm grateful of having been doing this work for so long that my ego is not in the forefront as much as it was in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I did an interview yesterday. She said the exact same thing. She's like, I had to let my ego go, which I just think is natural with driven entrepreneurial people. I'm the same way. And when you put yourself out there, you're, it's just going to be in check. Like when you're serving other people, it's yeah par for the course. <laughs> I was really, I was insecure in the beginning. That's so normal, right? I was insecure. And so what do we do when we're insecure? We puff up and we lead with ego. And so it's so normal that I was that way. And I look back on that version of myself and I kind of just want to give her a hug and be like, you were trying so hard. You know, you were just trying to prove yourself and your worth. And, and now, I mean, I had a phone call, was it yesterday or yeah, I think it was yesterday or the day before with somebody who was questioning my business and like, <laughs> like putting it down. It's just so funny. It was on a zoom too. And so I could see this person's face and they were passive aggressively insulting my work. And I saw myself smile and I, I kind of laughed a little bit and the guy's like, what? I'm like, no, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I used to, I would have gotten so defensive before. I mean, eventually I just got off the call and yeah. I can dive into it more to, if you want to know about it. But it was like, it's fun when life gives you opportunities where you can see your growth. Yeah. And that would have sent me reeling and I would have like called like my mom, my dad, like people be like, I can't believe, you know, back in the day. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, okay, like, okay. Like just, I, I what I saw here is what I think it is. I saw in him how I used to be like in a way of like, yeah. when you're insecure about something, if you're, when you're insecure about your own product and your own worth and your own place in the system or in the, you know, whatever you just, you do these things that are just like, you think there's not enough to go around and you got to like fight for your space. You got to fight. You know, it's, it, and there isn't, there's enough to go around. Which 
it's hard. And I do think too, with age, that's something that I even see in the workplace of, and I'm in sales that if one person's, they're not mutually exclusive. And this is something that I still tell myself all the time. Like just because someone else answers a podcast doesn't mean you still can't be successful. I truly believe there is room for everyone. I think a lot of it has to do with age and maturity, but it's funny because you still see grown successful adults that are acting probably similar to like some of your teens with the victim mentality or scarcity and all this stuff. And sometimes I just want to be like, it's not, that's not how life is supposed to be lived. You know? Yeah. I think again, this is also choice, right? Yeah. Maybe the theme of this episode is choice is examples of choice, but you got to choose in life is, is there abundance or is there lack? Is there enough to go yeah. around or is there not, are you going to miss your piece of the pie? I mean, which, which one do you want? Like which perspective do you want to live with? I sometimes feel like I have to fight for my place and sometimes I feel like there isn't enough to go around. And sometimes I log on to social media and I feel the pangs of jealousy and envy. And I also have enough tools in my toolbox that I go like, oh, that's the reminder that there's enough to go around. Reminder that if it's possible for him, it's possible for you. That's the reminder that, oh my gosh, things really can change in really fun ways. Like, it's always, always a perception game in your head. You, I mean, it's, it's just, and no one, no one can do that work for you. No one can do. And I think that's why people don't always want to do it is because it's sometimes it's hard to retrain and to build a muscle. I mean, it sounds like you were in fitness or you are in fitness and it's like developing muscles is you got to put in the work, you know, and it's not easy. And, but for me, you choose your hard and I, I would rather work towards understanding that things are happening for me and there's enough to go around than the other way, the alternative. Yeah, choice is definitely, I'm gonna have to put that in the title of this. It's so <laughs> important. And that's truly why I have this podcast and I always interview super successful and just, and I focus on entrepreneurship because there hasn't been a single person I've interviewed that hasn't talked about having an abundance mindset or having thinking on the positive side. I just think it's, more innate in entrepreneurial successful people. They're choosing to think more positively, or if there's a problem, they're not freaking out and lashing out on people. Or even if they did that in the past, they're like, Hey, that didn't end well with my team. Like I need to switch it. So that's why I feel it's so important for people out there listening that if you, it's not easy, but to me, kind of like you said, like choose your hard, it would be a lot harder to live my entire life feeling sorry for myself and being unhappy than putting in the work, whether it's a year. I mean, it's, it's a lifetime journey, but I think when you really do the hard work, it just becomes a habit and then your your life is forever changed. So I just think it's so important for people out there listening, no matter what your age, I don't have a lot of, you know, a large age range on here, but whether you're in your teens or your twenties or your thirties or your forties, it's never also too late, I think, to start that. I was a little bit earlier, but I'm sure you've seen people that are in their 20s or in their 30s or in their 40s that are now starting to come to this realization of like, hey, I really do have a choice. Yeah. I mean, it, age is just a number, right? Yeah. And and that's so cliche, but it's true. And you're always just a choice away or an action step away from a different outcome. And so, yeah, I mean, I disagree with that. I don't think it matters how old you, I mean, life is going to throw its curveballs at you at all stages of your life. Exactly. So why not? My thing has always been like, just develop the toolkit, like just have different tools in your toolkit that you can pull out. I'm not, there's not a one size fits all. Yeah, no, definitely very important. 
So as we begin to wrap up this podcast, first off, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. And I know we didn't get super into the whole teen thing, but I think you just have a very aligned perspective with what I preach a lot. So I love to have someone else come on here. As we begin to wrap this up, I have two two final questions. The first one is, are there two to three pieces of advice, whether it's things along the same lines that we've talked about that you want to leave the audience today, whether it has to do with business or whether it's personal? I mean, I think we all, I mean, I've had to use it even in this podcast because I told you some of the feelings that I was feeling with this, the noise that was happening around me uh, is that... I just want people to know that you really, I mean, I keep saying this, but we really have so much power and we have so much control uh, in our lives that we, and we don't need to give it away. We get to like put ourselves in the driver's seat and like, we can change the trajectory of a day too. Like, you know how sometimes people will be like, oh, it's just been a crappy day. Well, there's like more hours in the day so you can still turn it around. So I think I, if I could just remind everybody that we that you have so much power, it's like it's all within you, a good old like Wizard of Oz, Dorothy kind of vibe. Uh, and also that just you're never too young or too old to live more in alignment with your dreams and your goals. And if you catch yourself saying, well, my kid's too young to start something, or you catch yourself saying like, well, I've already like passed that. I can't like create something else. Like, I'm only this. And you put, don't put yourself in a box, like a self-made box. And I just, maybe, I mean, I, I, I think you asked for three pieces of advice. I said two to three. Tips. Two so, to three. Okay. Yeah. I just, to, and to show, I just think we should all show ourselves more grace. You never can, you can't bully yourself into better behavior. You got to love yourself into better behavior and better choices. So not, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, that's a reminder I need uh, every single day. I should write that at the top of my journal. So that's definitely something that I am <laughs> not good at, but that's okay. I try. I really do. And then the final question I ask every single guest is, what are you grateful for today? Well, first of all, this, like I said, <laughs> I, I really do feel like this was a gift to be wonderfully removed from chaos and mayhem to spend some time with you and to see your face. I mean, I know this is something that people are hearing, but I get to look at her and she's like smiling and happy and <laughs> giving off good vibes. And so that's a highlight of my day. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, and I'm grateful for... What else do I feel really grateful for today? I feel grateful for the people that are really showing up for me right now in my life. I'm going through a transition and, uh, and just from like, like, like family, but also like just like random strangers that have just kind of kept a door open for me as I've been carrying a box out, like just little things like that. I feel like I'm, and I just, I'm going to share this. I mean, it's kind of personal. I mean, I don't mind sharing it, but I think maybe this could resonate with some listeners. It's like, I'm single and I'm going through a big life transition with like moving and doing things. And sometimes when you're doing something like that and you're, don't have a partner with you to do it, it can just feel like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that was my story in my head was like, this is like so much to do as one person. And I've all, and I made the choice to just to say to myself, what if I wasn't doing it alone? And I was just open to seeing how love showed up for me during this time. And 
I'm really glad I made that choice because I've seen, I've just been really blessed by a variety of people and I don't feel alone in this process. And it looks different than I thought it would, uh, but it feels really good and I feel supported. So I just want to share that. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And we always love a little vulnerability on this podcast. I'm also single and I mean, it's just part of life, you know, so you're not alone. And when someone tells you that you need to go on a date, just I'm always like, calm down. You know, I don't have time for it. But anyways, back on, that was a tangent of mine that everyone has probably heard 15 times by now, but I am grateful for my friends as well. I'm kind of going to steal yours. I just feel like this month has been filled with so many social activities. And I feel like I'm starting to really get back into the groove post winter and just working a lot over the last few months. So I'm super grateful for my friends and warm weather here in Texas. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and we will talk to you all next week.